0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Richie. Foster,
1: Walker. Pew. Pew!
2: Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis and it's Christmas Day on Friday. Have you got all your presents? No, me neither. Going to have to be clicking and collecting as much as I humanly can between now and then. On the 26th, AFC Bournemouth entertain Millwall. We've got Brentford on the 30th. Stoke City, can Bournemouth do it on a cold, wet, rainy Saturday night in Stoke that's going to be the match on January the 2nd and as a pod we're back on January the 4th so yeah we're taking a bit of a festive break so fortunately for you my dulcet tones will not be in your ears between now and then but if you subscribe to our YouTube channel there's going to be a bit of content on there but yeah we do need a break it's been a very interesting year isn't it Obviously, relegation from the Premier League, Eddie Howe leaving, JT taking over, Championship football and a global pandemic that none of us have ever seen, witnessed or been involved in before. It's been horrible, but hopefully with the vaccine, 2021 will be a better year. As it's Christmas, people love to do their sharing. And that's what Bournemouth did with the points at Kenilworth Road on Saturday, because we looked leggy against a determined and well-drilled Hatter's side. During the game, there was nothing to suggest that the stalemate was going to be broken, and with the side looking a little bit worn, the game ended in a draw. It was poor to watch. The lack of composure in the final third was all too prevalent. We got in good positions, but we just couldn't convert. Same as Luton, really. I mean, Asmere had that save in the first half and Jack Simpson nearly tested him in the final minute. Alas, his clearance flew over the bar, which was good. But fair result, I think. Nil-nil. Cherries were unchanged for the third game in a row. And on this podcast, we discuss all that went on at Kenilworth Road. Now, Jeff's not here this week. What we're going to be doing is playing out the audio from our free-for-all. Plus, Tom Jordan is here with his player ratings too. So, Neil Newark-Kenilworth, the first opinion is from Morgan Scott.
3: It's a bit, uh, yeah. That game wasn't great, was it? You know, we had the uh, government update that's cancelled Christmas as well, so um, in all, a bit of a depressing afternoon. Um, I thought from Bournemouth looked very, very tired today, and obviously there were you can't make that excuse. They're not the only side. It's uh, we know the championship by now. It's every few days you're playing football, and um, I hate to say it, but we weren't good today. Um, There was a five-word match report. I want my money back. That's not a bad, uh, to be fair, that's not a bad analysis. But um, on a positive note, that's our fifth clean sheet in a row. And that's, uh, I put on Twitter yesterday, it was the fourth week at 4th four in a row since the first time since 2014 so that in all round that is a positive that's our fifth clean sheet but you don't win football matches by keeping a clean sheet it's a step in the right direction but we should be winning at Luton if we want to be going back to the Premier League quite comfortably and with Norwich winning today it's going to make the new year even and ho- um, Boxing Day even harder. The
2: championship, I've got to say, is a, a weird old league. Morgan, this was a team we played today that dispatched of Norwich City easily, three-one. And then there are games that you know Norwich will have drawn that we'll have lost. There are games that they'll win that we'll have drawn. It's everyone seems to be beating each other, and it's there's quite a random nature to it. So I'm quite pleased that we didn't let Luton score and we kept a clean sheet and ultimately we got a point. But it's one of those fixtures where I feel as though. Changes need to be made. And when I saw that team sheet at two o'clock and saw that it was unchanged, I was quite surprised. Players surely have got to be leggy and tired, but he went with the same 11 again.
3: He did. And I was looking at a few players. Um David Brooks, um, my favourite AFC Bournemouth player. I haven't not said that on the show before, but I thought he might get rotated. He looked very leggy and quite poor. He gave the ball away three out of five times. I think Chris Temple said in the first half. Um Philip Billin. When do you see him start? I think that was his fourth, third or fourth game in a row starting, Sam. I'm not quite sure, but uh, there needed some, um, to be some changes. Maybe key rest him. I think him and Begovic are the only two that have started all season without being rested much. Um, it was promising when I saw Surridge came on. I thought that could have made the impact, but in the it didn't prove in our favour today. But... In a game of football, you got to be on it for minute one. And I think what was... Luton were very, very good at what they were doing today. They did... I think they were playing for the... They didn't want to do anything too silly. And I think they're becoming away the happier side, absolutely, in that very, very awkward, weird stadium. You know, going into the away end of we were going there today through the back of people's garden or whatever.
2: <laughs> Bloody love that ground. It's one of my favourites just because of that. The way. Away and just you go through these terraced houses, basically, it comes out of nowhere, and then you're walking through back gardens to go into the back of the stand. and um, I'm sure that we had made a lot of noise as it was. Luton fans couldn't be there on this occasion, and they were pumping crowd noises through the speakers, which was uh, a little bit different. Yeah. But it was it was kind of that white noise, it didn't seem to really gee up the Luton players and didn't really seem to affect us. But tell you what. You know, I mentioned leggy and and worn and tired. And um, one of the players that I think probably had one of his poorer games for us, given the amount of games he's played in a row now. David Brooks, especially after coming back from injury, what's that, eleven or twelve in a row? I thought in, in, row. The, in the final third, especially his his touch left a lot to be desired.
3: Yeah, he wasn't on. Um, I think a lot of people put on Twitter that um, throughout the game that he um he didn't look his informed david brooks and today he looked very very poor from what we've seen in the last few games of david brooks but i'm i'm sure he bounced back you know um he he he's always going to want to move on eventually and stuff so i'm sure him putting a good performance in our next game against millwall and i'm sure it's just fatigue and tiredness Lots of travel, and uh, there's been, you know, with the fix just this season have been ridiculous with the internationals and the extra friendlies. And it, it's a raid, everyone's human at the end of the day. And it, you know, you can only give so much as a human being. And uh, yeah, no, I, but I'm sure he bounced back, Sam. But one player that we haven't mentioned so far is Athalia Begovic again, pulling off a yeah. well class save. And um, he's keeping us in games. Could um, yeah. that could have that at that? point in the game I think I can't remember it wasn't a great game to remember and I don't really want to remember it for all the wrong reasons but it, that asked me a beg of its shape was it in the first half?
2: Yeah it was in the first half and it was um it was a great cold shot from from the sort of right apex of the penalty box and it, it was always going in, in that direction so it's fairly easy to read but even still he had to stretch he had to get a strong right hand on it and when he did he managed to get it away from the action and you know when called upon it shows that he was up to the task. It was one of those matches where It was easy for certain players to fall asleep, I'm sure, because you know that the game was being played a lot in the middle, um, sort of middle third of the pitch, you could call it. And I thought it was kind of really scrappy, uh, lack of quality all round, and there was just absolutely no fluidity at all. I thought that Bournemouth were very good at breaking out of defense, but when the ball reached that final third we we seemed to hold it up we seemed to track back we were slow in possession our our zippy passes that we had in the first two thirds as we um traversed up the pitch it seemed to just not happen in the final third and in that time when you're holding up the ball it means that Luton they're managing to get their players back and they were so well drilled and you look at them they had their banks of defenders there. at one stage it looked like they had like a row of six at the back almost they yeah, you know, they're a very good side. And I don't think they're in, in danger of the drop this uh, this year whatsoever. But it's um it's a shame we have to do that. And you know what, Morgan? There was one player that I would have cried out to have on that pitch today. And that was Dan Juma. Someone to offer a bit of unpredictability, a bit of reckless attacking. Just, you know, go forward, all guns blazing. Don't keep cutting back. But he was Thank just gone you, for it. And yeah, you know what? We could have done with a player like that today, couldn't we?
3: Creativity was very, very poor. Um, shout out to Lewis Cook as always. I thought he was. Um, I, I'm. I'm trying to think of like he was actually like decent for us today. If that would be, it's very, very tricky on that analysis. I'm sure Gary Neville will pick uh, the pieces out of it. But the Lewis Cook was winning headers. He looked very, very good in that holding role in front of the back four. Again, very, very important to AFC Bournemouth. But as you say, Sam. Uh, Dan Juma would have made, I'm sure would have done something if he was fit. Uh, no Josh Kinn again, apparently he's hurt his back. Um, so, you know, the list of excuses go on, but anyway, we can save that one for another day. And, um, yeah, in awe, that game was pretty, um, there's not a lot to take out of it, which is very disappointing before Christmas, but, um, I'm sure we're bounced back and, uh, we never give up faith, do we? So, um,
2: No. And as as Rob, you said then, look, you know, the lads are, are, you know, like are are obviously worn, you know, give them a break, Rob said. Well, why didn't JT do that today? Never mind. Here's Kirk Tovey, who's going to give his analysis. If you want to follow him, it's at AFCB Gary Neville on Twitter. Kirk, how are you? How are you doing, Sam? Are you all right? How are you doing, Morgan? Thoughts on that today, mate? Because I'm struggling to take much from it.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm beating five, five clean sheets. Uh, uninspiring from doing the basics really I thought we were poor in possession uh, quite slow with the ball tempo um, it almost felt a little bit like Sheffield Wednesday again you know we got into bad habits where Steve Cook was aimlessly kicking these long balls from the back and you know we were we players like Brooks were struggling to just do one twos and triangles um, yeah it was just not great Um I felt like we needed to up top today. I said that before the game, and it sort of played out like that. And I think we've had three or four good games out of Billing, which is the best the best spell we've ever had with Billing. And I felt it was a good time to rest him, give him some minutes off the pitch, and then and then getting back in. Um, but yeah, I-, I couldn't understand why we went with the same team when we struggled for a- large spells against Wickham. Uh,
2: what do you think went wrong in that first half, Kirk? And what if you were JT? What would you have said to change it, or what changes? In terms of personnel, would you have made? Because I know that obviously after about fifty-five minutes, he brought on Rico and Sam Surridge. But you know, do you think that almost needed to happen earlier?
0: Yeah, I think we should have started with two up top. I don't think it was necessary to play three centre midfielders um, in there today, and and Wickham pretty much nullified that for us on Tuesday. So I thought, you know, there's a pattern appearing here. I think is that we seem to change a formation, we bring different personnel in and then it works and then after three or four games we seem to get found out and then we struggle to break teams down um, and there's obvious reasons why we're struggling to break teams down at once we get in once people teams work us out and managers work us out um, and I felt like we were going down that road again we we battered Huddersfield we then struggled against Wickham and I thought right okay change it up again let's go to up top you know 100% record with Dom Solanke and um, Sam sorry up top away from home so I don't quite understand why he didn't persist with it after, after Barnsley. But he got, you know, OK, he could stand up and say, well, we did well against Huddersfield. So that's why. Um, but I think that the two up top for me is he's got a fit of formation that works around that. And I think that's where his problem lies.
2: Mm. Uh, what we're going to do is ask Dom for his opinion, who's just come on as well. Dom, hi, buddy?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks. You?
2: Yeah, nice to uh, see you this time. Uh, 0-0, not the most enjoyable game, was it?
1: Yeah, pretty uninspiring, to be honest. No creativity at all on the pitch today. Um, It was just a lacklustre performance, I think, from both sides. However, I think Luton had the better game, all honesty. I just think for a team that I've really challenged to go to the Prem, should we be beating these sort of sides that are going a little bit down lower in the table? But it was a hard one to go with today. So not happy with the draw, would have preferred a win, but who wouldn't? but then you could say that you know Norwich should be beating teams like that as
2: well and they they got beaten 3-1 at Kenilworth road so maybe we're maybe perhaps doing Luton a bit of a disservice but uh, but today i i didn't see much from them that posed that much of a threat and i it it felt like it was you know we were the creators of our own undoing today
1: yeah um i think for Luton what they did well their defence like you said they were playing a six at the back at sometimes as and they were so defensive But if you actually look at the stats, they had more shots on target than us. We had a lot of shots, but our shooting wasn't as clinical as it has been. So I think that's where we really had a downfall today. I think we had about 16, 17 shots and only two of them were on target. So the shooting wasn't as clinical as, say, a Huddersfield game where five goals, you know, that's your dream. But yeah, I don't know. It was a tough one to really go with today. I can't really get into it as much as I could the Wiccan game. but it's It's a tough one. Yeah. And certainly in
2: terms of talking points, there's not many. What we have got, though, is a load of five word match reports that have come in. So I'm just going to briefly go through them now because I usually forget to do them. And these are they. Five word match reports then from Cherry's fans. Alex, who's watching this live. Sam Surridge surely starts Saturday. Uh, slightly bored, have seen better, said Heather. 1.1 at least. James said evenly matched or not clinical, posing a question there. Kirk, who's obviously on with us now, says, yeah, basic passing and crossing uninspiring. Where was Junior's fight tonight? Yeah, he showed it literally on uh, on Tuesday night. Need fresher legs and tactical ideas, said Mark. Uh, Begovic has safer hands than Boris. At least we tried, said Daniel. That's four. Would rather have been asleep. Ian Ricardo, glad I missed watching that. Shiv, clean sheet, very dirty kit. Begovic, man of the match. Very happy with a point, said Andy. So, you know, there is um, a mix of opinion there. And I've got a feeling that it's just one of those games, Kirk, that I'm, you know, just one of those meh matches that I can't really seem to take much from either positive or negative, really.
0: No, in the eighth draw in the season. And and I said back back when we started to pick up these unnecessary draws, or you know, some might see him as a good away draw, but I think we should be winning football matches like this. Um, I hope this doesn't come back to bite us at the end um that we end up in the playoffs because I think that I think if we just switch that formation up slightly, um, I mean it's easy to say that we could have won the game if we had gone with two up top in the formation, but we'll never really know. But I think we had a little bit more tempo and a little bit more about us when Surridge came on. And and even with Dom, you know, instead of him having everything back to goal in the end, he was turning and looking for Surridge and Surridge got offside when he tried to play him through. Um, we, we're we just going to be more of a threat, I think, with those, with those two playing together. And as I said, 100% record playing together. And, and when we, the two teams that they have started against, they, we battered them. So Um, I think that is the way forward. We just didn't have that attacking spark. And
2: it seemed to be limited
0: to these kind of shots that are either
2: blocked from outside the box or half-hearted efforts that, you know, the Luton defenders got in the way. It was just such a frustrating game. And it's weird, like there are some matches that are nil-nil throughout, but I always feel as though there's a chance. And you feel that chance, though, when there are certain players on the pitch, like Dan Juma, flair players like that. But even with Roro today, I just... I just didn't feel it. And on about 70 minutes, part of me just thought, well, is it really worth watching these final stages? Because we all know what's going to happen.
3: As Kirk was saying, I think, and a minute ago, just this Big Solanke he looked, he's been doing very, very well. And we've been very critical of Don Solanke. He's not going to be that 30 goals a season. However, he looked quite isolated. Who, who said 30?
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm sure we spoke about it several <laughs> times, but people have. Um, but in terms of, the creativity, Solanke needs to be... Um, Brooksy and Junior Stanislas didn't feed off Solanke, so it made it very difficult. And then Solanke didn't have a lot of service. So I reckon if he started with Savage up top, it would have been a completely different game. And I reckon we might have come away with something more than a point today. Um, as Kirk said, if we it might come back to bite us on the arse later. But it's a learning curve. For maybe JT because he's still learning as a manager and maybe he just needs to have a little over the next few days he's got a few days before the Millwall game maybe give his players a couple of days off and just look over a few things and maybe work out his best formation but not maybe always stick with it although consistency's good uh, we get found out too easy and then that's where we can't break team stand in the final third.
2: It just all went to pot, and you know maybe it's just one of those games that Kurt. We just need to, you know, take it on the chin and realize actually, you know, we came away with a point against a side that are going to be pretty decent and hard to play against this season. You know, let's just move on and hopefully batter Millwall on Boxing Day.
0: Yeah, I mean they are hit and miss. Uh, they have had hit and miss form all season. Really, they have beaten teams like Norwich and then they've lost to the teams that you probably expect them to get something. There's mm-hmm. a couple of things in regards to. I'm half thinking whether JT really does know that four playing two up top is the way forward. Yeah. The problem with playing two up top is it limits him to a, a couple of formations, mm-hmm. and those couple of formations doesn't fit, in my opinion, for certain personnel that we have. So you're looking at four four two. You don't want Dan Juma playing in a four four two. Or you're looking at something like a three five two, and you don't want Dan Juma, Dan Juma won't be a wing back. So I think he does, in my opinion, know that that two up top is is effective and, and probably going to be one of our, our best weapons. It's trying to fit certain players like Dan Juma and David Brooks, because he's almost had a free role the last couple of games, David Brooks. He's almost sat in front of the centre midfield three and just roamed around doing what he wants. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is, not that I'd play him, but is anyone else sort of likely, you know, being a bit frustrated by the whole Josh King thing? Because JT had an interview yesterday that said there was no fresh drink, Fresh injury concerns from Tuesday. Bang, he's not even on the bench. I mean, it's all a bit. Annoying. I wouldn't even play in. It's not that I'd play him It's just, what, yeah, what is it I'm all about? about? Like, I'm just getting bored of it. I'm just getting bored of it.
2: The, the sort of, um you know, it's probably our own. You know, maybe these injury concerns are valid, etc. But you know, either way, I'm just, I'm just bored of it now. And I, you know, what? I don't even think we need him. And I'd, you know, I'd rather not have him in.
1: He's a valuable player to a lot of other teams. I just don't think he fits the Bournemouth way anymore. So yeah,
2: if he he doesn't play again and um, he he does leave in January, what what's going to be your sort of overall thoughts? You know, it's not quite Ryan Fraser esque, is it? It's um, it still feels a little bit sour, but nowhere near Wee Man levels.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough one because Josh King's been a very low player to us, and he and he does bad goals for us. It's it's you, you can see it. He's a consistent player, but could we use that money to strengthen in places where we're not as strong at the moment? Maybe buy a very consistent wing back or something like that because you know Rico and Kelly they are they're on and off players at the moment. So do we go out and we strengthen in a certain position or buy backup? So it really depends what the Bournemouth club are actually looking for right now. This is Mark Pugh the foodie footballer and you're listening to Back of the Net.
2: So those were the views on the post-match free-for-all on YouTube. We're taking a break from those as well over the festive period. So whilst there's going to be isolated content coming out on the channel, we're taking a break till the start of January. And yeah, the pod, as I say, is going to be back on the 4th and lots of content that weekend too, including another press pass with Daniel Storey, and Nancy Frostick. We spoke to them earlier in the season, getting their views on championship football, so it'll be nice for a a little, almost a a sort of mid-term update with those two. So, in terms of player ratings, a difficult one, because I felt no one really had a brilliant game, so I wonder what Tom Jordan's going to say. Let's listen in.
4: We had a thumping 5-0 win over Huddersfield a week ago, followed up by a hard-fought victory over Wickham. And this time, it was another hard-fought, dogged, but uninspiring 0-0 draw at Luton. I think it's one of them. I think it's one of them that we'll look back on at the end of the season and think, that was a decent point there. Luton are a hard team to break down. They've already, for example, uh, beat Norwich at home comfortably. The only team above us in the league. So, they're no mugs. And it was always going to be a difficult place to go. But we weren't bang on it. What I will say is that's five clean sheets in a row, which... We're not a team that's known for our defensive quality. So, definite positives there and plaudits deservedly to the to us as a defensive unit, really. Uh, five clean sheets in a row, which I think goes all the way back to 91, which was when I was born. So, it's a long time since we've we've managed that feat. So, that's impressive. And I think it was probably a fair result. I don't think we've done enough to win the game. I don't think they did either. It was a frustrating one. It, was, it wasn't a good watch. It wasn't an entertaining game. But listen, Huddersfield, Wickham, Luton, seven points, no goals conceded, six goals scored. I would have taken it and we go into, we'll be second in the league, Christmas Day, um, in them automatic promotion spots. And I think we all would have taken that at the start of the season. You know, in the top two, most goals scored in the league, haven't conceded too many either. We've got Dom Slanke relatively doing well up front firing goalkeepers being like a new sign in Lewis Cook running games I think there's a lot of positives we've still got players to come back especially Arnaud Dan Juma is going to be key for us and yeah I think there's a there's a lot of positives um, but but we'll get into the we'll get into the player ratings and surprisingly in my opinion with third game in a row unchanged I think it's it's one of them that you can look at and say well, we perform really well so it's not surprising in that aspect but cool in schedule so I'm, I'm a little bit surprised to make a few changes having said that We have got a week until Boxing Day, till the next game, so some time to recuperate and refocus. But yeah, it went unchanged again, which obviously meant, as always, we get to start this video on a positive, because Asmir Begovic just didn't go, and again, five clean sheets in a row, and as much as the whole team deserve, enormous credit. Asmir Begovic, every single game, without fail, he's making a worldly save. Another one, another really good save, and then I think in the second half, he come out well uh, with help from Steve Cook as well and he's just so commanding he's the best goalkeeper in the league without question and as we always say like a new signing and just love Asmir. and and again from from Tuesday he's I couldn't argue with him being out of the match but again you'll see later he's not quite getting it for me but what more could he do it's another clean sheet another top save running out of things to say about the guy 9 out of 10 for Asmir Begovic easy as that it's just copy and paste jobby at the moment and that with Asmir. In terms of the um defensive unit, obviously we've got the leader in there, the main man, Stevie Cook. Again, I think as a whole team, um, we've been brilliant defensively, but, but Cookie's been been magnificent throughout, so solid, so reliable, so consistent, gets his body on the line, plays out from the back well. He just does everything really well and he's he's vocal and he's a proper leader out there and Keep him fit is going to be key. Love what I'm seeing from Cookie at the moment, and I've mentioned before Bar that I send it off. He is against Sheffield Wednesday. He's been he's been superb. He's been top drawer, and I thought Cookie was was immense further back. And to be honest, actually, I'm gonna yeah, I think it's fair. I'm gonna give him a nine. I thought I thought Steve Cook was just a rock, and once again, no faults. Just just what more can he do really? Someone that's probably surprised people obviously. Considering this defensive run that we've had in terms of clean sheets, that's been without Chris Mepham of late as well, who's been a consistent performer for us um, with his injury, and it's it's given Jack Simpson an opportunity, and fair play to him, you know, fair play to him at the moment, regardless of if Meps was back, it'd be hard to drop drop the lad. I think he's he's come in and and he would say, you know, since I've come to the side, we have let it go. I play at the back, you know, what more what more do you want? He's been solid, he's been getting. Getting in the wars as well, you know, making some good good headers, good blocks. Um, yeah, probably if, if everyone's fit and you've got a, a cup file or something, is he getting in the team? Probably not because of the competition he's got. But all he can do is perform when he's on the pitch. And for me, he's doing that. Um, I'm more than happy with Simpson. And to be fair, it's another clean sheet. I think we've just got a, that's that's going to probably be shown in these ratings because... It's a, like As I said, it's been over 25 years since we've we've gone on this sort of run defensively with clean sheets. And I think the defensive unit deserve deserve credit for that. And yeah, I, I thought Jack Simpson was solid as anything today. And I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 for Jack Simpson. And I'm really, really pleased with him um, and how he's doing, to be honest with you. Um, the one that I criticised on Tuesday night, um, Lloyd Kelly, because I just felt he, he slowed things down. Again, I think he's doing his job defensively. He's making good blocks, good headers, doing the right things from a defensive perspective. And he, he got forward a little bit better today and supported junior and things like that on that left-hand side. But not quite doing it for me, Lloyd. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I'm not sold on, on him yet in that role. Um, and I don't think... I think what we saw kind of... When we were playing behind closed doors in the Premier League, I think we saw someone that we thought... Whoa, this lad's got a lot of potential. What a player this guy is, and he can come in and replace Ake as, as best as we could possibly hope for, considering the player Ake is. But I don't think he's hit the levels personally. Um, it's a difficult one. I think if I if I was forced to play a three and they said Mepham's back, he's absolutely fine. I think I'd go Mep's, Cook, and Simpson potentially. Potentially, like I say, Lloyd Kelly's still a still a good good player and. I think he'll, he'll regain that form that he saw kind of earlier part of the season, but just not doing it for me. Having said that, I don't think he was he was as poor as he was Tuesday night. He was he was pretty standard, and I'm gonna and once again he is part of that defensive unit, so deserves credit for that at least. And like I say, I still do believe that he's doing his defensive duties okay. He's just um just feel like he's slowing things down a little bit. I think when Cookie gets the ball, for example, Steve Cookie's getting it. He's trying to look out early. I think Lloyd kind of slows it down and he, he kills it a little bit, but um. Yeah, we'll see on that one. Well, i just uh maybe, you know, I'll be interested to see what everyone else thinks. But he's just um, been underwhelming of late, in my opinion. But uh, 7 out of 10 for Lloyd Kelly, because I still wouldn't say he was bad. I wouldn't say he was bad, but just um, average of best, I would say. Kind of off that right-hand side. And as we will say, with, with Stacey's injury, Smithy is continuing in that role. And, um, it's a difficult one with Smithy, because I just... I think he's reliable in the sense that you know what you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get hundred percent, you're gonna get energy, you're gonna get you know, f- just flying into things and, and working his socks off throughout and giving us that option. But um I don't think he was involved as much as he would have liked, especially from an offensive um, point. And yeah, one of his one of his best performance, like I say, he was he won a band. he is still kind of part of that defensive unit as well that and he's doing his doing his job well. Just just nothing it's a really difficult one today. I feel like we can almost go through this video in five minutes because it really was a game of nothing in terms of chances. Not really, Begovich made uh, one or two decent saves. We had a lot of ball, a lot of chances, but their keeper didn't have an awful lot to do. It was it was a real snooze fest of a football match, um, unfortunately. But in terms of Smithy, I'm just going to go with a 7 out of 10 for him as well. I thought he was pretty average today, but um, you know what you're going to get from Smithy, and that is... That is all heart, all fight throughout. Um, like that was very much in the in the talk of the last game, the match winner a Junior Stanislas from Tuesday night, and then obviously the little rumpus at the end with with Sammy Surridge. Um, well, I thought he was trying to make things happen. You know, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. He he wasn't his final pass, his final decision making wasn't always there, but I still feel like he's always trying to make something happen. And he was brought off in the in the first change, which was a double change. Um, him and Binning came off for. Sam Surridge and Diego Rico. And I was actually a little bit surprised that, um, that Stanislas came off instead of potentially Brooks. I thought Stanislas was giving us more, actually. He probably had only half-decent chances from three kicks, to be honest. He had one just over and one was comfortable for the goalkeeper. But he always tries to make something happen, Junior. You still got to watch out for his fitness levels. I, I appreciate that. Um, and he does put a shift in defensively. I think he does help from that point of view. But... But yeah, it was pretty, once again it was pretty average from Junior, but I don't think he was bad. But uh, like I say, all these players have set the bar really high, and it was more of a a dogged kind of grinding out display, one that um, Nothing too creative and exciting to to see. But like I say, credit to Luton and that as well. Um, they they put on a decent display. But yeah, another one. Just gonna give him a seven. These are probably a little bit, um, probably a little bit kind to be fair, but. I don't know, I still think Julia tried to make things happen, sometimes it's just not your day, but um, I feel like anything below a seven means they've had a really, really off day, and I don't think Judy was really bad, you know what I mean, I just think he was average, and I know people would say, well, five's average, but um, it's my rules, and uh, I normally give seven as more of an average display, to be fair, but um, into into the more central areas of midfield, and now we're going, now we're going to lift the spirits a little bit, because you all know what's coming, it's Lewis Cook, Lewis Cook, once again, I gave it to him on Tuesday. I've given it to him again. He's man of the match. He's man of the match. It's it's not even a question really. Like I say, the only one I was running him close really is is Begovic in terms of them big moment, big big saves in, in games. But Lewis Kitch is running football matches in these um big tackles today as well. Some really big tackles. He's putting he's put his body on the line. He wants it, and then he's he's the one that's trying to make things happen. He was driving on. He had a, he had a decent effort that just went wide as well. He's He's trying to do everything and he's doing it pretty well. Um, best midfielder in the league, isn't he? What more can we say? He's, he's been fantastic and just pleased stay fit because this guy is showing us what what we knew he had if it weren't for them injuries and things like that. And now he's getting that run on the side in this role that I still think JT deserves a lot of credit for because it's getting the best out of him. and He's the... the with Begovic. He's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? And he's my man of the match again. Uh, let me know if you agree, but... Can't see anyone disagreeing with the fact that Lewis Cook was brilliant again. Um, 9 out of 10. For Lewis, if he had put in that strike he put in, he would have got a 10. Easy. But yeah, Lewis great again. This one saddens me a little bit. Because everyone knows I love him. Jefferson Lerma. thought he was off it. I thought he was off it. Um, yeah, I really did. I just, I think for his high standards, I just thought it wasn't quite his tenacious self, breaking up the play, using the ball well. It just wasn't quite to them levels, in my opinion. Um, wasn't awful, but but wasn't quite the races in my opinion. And um, yeah, he's another one that, that the, the standards are so high. He, he wasn't wasn't um, horrendous. Like I say, he was just just average, which I think was the the whole scheme of this of this game. To be honest with you, I think it's almost a one. It's the first one I've done um, where I've just kind of thought a bit because just everything was just pretty average apart from your Lewis Cook and. And Begovic, to be honest, and once you go past the defenders, you're kind of getting a bit like, wasn't a lot there. Um, Still does the basics well, and and, and still, he's still a key player in the side, isn't he? And you still didn't really want to take him off. But um, if his standards, he was a bit off it. I don't know whether I should go as low as a six, you know. Do I go as low as a six? I'm going to. I'm going to. Because Jefferson Lerma... His performances are so good. I think now he he really dropped below them. Really dropped below them. So I'm gonna I'm going give him a six, which um still isn't horrific, but yeah, Pearce is not quite at it. Uh, level. another Billing's another one that was brilliant. But I actually thought in the first half, Billy was trying to make a few things happen. He 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 beat a few men. He made some decent passes. He was trying to make things happen a little bit, and then he faded and uh, didn't really make an impact in the second half wouldn't be surprised if, if we do decide to make a few changes on Boxing Day, if, if Billy maybe comes out. I think he's performed performed well in terms of he was really off it one day at the start of the season, couldn't get anywhere near the team. And he earned the right to get back in there with that performance of Barnsley and goal. But I still think he's he's not been absolutely outstanding to the likes of Lur- He's still not knocking on the door of Lewis Cook and Lerma if you've got two in there, do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we maybe go over a, a different system, maybe get another offensive player up there, or even give Goss an opportunity, because when Goss was given an opportunity, say, at Coventry, he was brilliant. So um, that wouldn't surprise me, but, but Bidding was, and because of the, the fact that just gave Lerma a six, so he was he was no better than Lerma, in my opinion. So um, six out of ten for Phil Billing. More, um, this is the one that, I think he was the poorest player on the pitch, David Brooks. surprised he stayed on for as long as he did. He did come off in the end for... Um, Ro, Ro, Raquel, may, But, um, yeah, I just don't know what happened today. He was um, in possession. He lost it a lot of times. A lot of the times we we lost possession. I thought, it's Brooksy again. Decision-making one there. I think it was something like his 12th game in a row, maybe. Might be 11. I think it was his 12th game in a row. That's a lot for a player who's had some injury problems. And I just wonder if he's looking a little bit leggy. Maybe a little bit burnt out. And uh yeah, I, I felt today might be one that he would he was rotated. Um I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case on Boxing Day, but he's still a player you kind of uh, you don't really want to take him off, which is kind of why I thought maybe we'd start him on the bench and he'd be a good impact off it. Because even when he's not playing well, you think, Oh, I don't really want to take him off. Um, because we know we know what he can give you, but he won he won it. He he was he was poor. He wasn't even average. I thought he was he was below average in my opinion. Um and we know the standards he sets, um, Still love Brooksy, just one of them games, wasn't it? And uh so it's a it's a five out of ten for Brooksy for me. Uh yeah, disappointed with him today. And uh the man that I feel a little bit sorry for at the moment is um Dom Solanke because he just feel he just feels really isolated. I thought it on Tuesday and definitely against Luton. I just I just thought he was he looked so much better when Surridge come on and he, he needed a partner. Um or at least someone just getting a little bit closer to him, do you know what I mean? And Sometimes you don't necessarily need a partner, but someone like, say, Dan Juma, who's obviously been out a while, but he gets a little bit closer to him. I don't think Brooksy helped him. Um, he did really get a lot of service. When he got the ball, he tried his best. You know, I don't think it's all down to Dom, to be honest with you. I don't, just don't think he really got much. But having said that, he, he wouldn't have been delighted with his performance either. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to give more, as much as you defend from the front, I'm trying to give more praise in this one to the defensive unit. And, yeah. Um, Highlight the fact that we didn't create enough and weren't good enough offensively. So, so for that, I'm going to give Dom a six. But like I say, I don't um, think it was all down to him personally. Another one that might need a bit of rotation. I believe he's the only player in our side that's that's been involved in every single league game. Um, but yeah, it was it was tough for him today, for sure, for sure. And I mean, like I said, I'm not really going to get into the into the subs. I thought. I thought Rico and and Robo done okay when they come on. I thought Cyrus was good. He, he always is uh, without being fantastic himself. He just gives us something different. It makes Dom look better. It it gives the defenders something else to worry about. He, he runs channels. He's and he's got to start. In, in my opinion, he's got to start on Boxing Day. Since since he got Man Matchy and started, and now for me, he's got at home Boxing Day against Millwall, a game that we should be taking to the opposition. I appreciate today Luton away difficult one. I appreciate Swansea away from home. But, no, I'm not having him at Millwall home. I, I, I want Saraj in there. Um, obviously, we don't know about fitness and things like that, but lean up to that. But if, if he's if he's fit and ready and available, which he seems to be, for me, he's got to come in regardless of who you leave out. If you leave out, if you rotate Brooksy, as I mentioned, if you rotate Phil Billard, even if you rotate Junior Stanislas, even if you rotate Dom Slanky, I'd rather that not be the case. But I did just mention he's, he's played a lot of football. But for me I want so I want Sorridge and Solanke. I want I want them together um, with a with a Jr. kind of in behind them. Then too, I just feel like we need that sometimes. I think sometimes when defenders have the ball is not much on, we need an out ball. we need we need Sorridge doing them runs into the channels and, and supporting Dom and, and giving him a little bit more really. So um that's something that I like to see and um, I'm hoping Jason does that in terms of Jason. Um Fair play to him for the record, uh, the five clean sheets in a row. Deserves credit for that. Deserves credit for, I think it's a, it's a good point to say, you know, that was the last game until after Christmas. So it's a, it's a good good point of kind of evaluating things and probably go into it a little bit more in when it actually the turn of the year. But, yeah, I think, as I mentioned at the start of the video, listen, we're second in the league. If it stopped now, we're in the Premier League. If it stopped now, we're, we're back up there. We're in automatic promotion spots. We've scored the most goals in the league, so you can't say we're not we're not still giving that offensively. We we've scored scored the most in the league. I think Blackburn might be second, but we've definitely scored the most. Um like i say fifth clean sheet on the bounce, looking pretty hard to beat as well. Getting good results even like this Luton game where we were definitely off it. And when you're off it and you can't win the game, don't lose. And we didn't. And that's that's a big plus. Big plus. Um Team at the top of the league, Norwich, we've beaten them. Um, we've gone to Watford, we've got a good point there. We went to Swansea, we've got a good point there. We've had Reading, we beat them. We've had Bristol City, we've beat them. There's We've had Blackburn, uh, we've beat them. We've had some really good uh, good performances and and got some really tough games out of the way as well. Um, don't get me wrong, it's the championship, um, as we've seen, anyone could beat anyone. But what we'll say is it's, it's been a... I'd have taken it, I'd have taken it, absolutely. Um, if you'd offered me all them things, I'd have definitely taken it. He's, um, yeah, he's getting the best out of a lot of players. Like I say, let's be honest, the best players this season. I mean, I, I think Steve Cook's been very good and things like that. But I think Dom Slanky as well. Arnie's had a spell. But I think if you if it boiled down to it, it would be two people: Asmir Begovic and Lewis Cook as our player of the season so far. If anyone disagrees, then please say, but it's got to be for me. Um, Asmir Begovic was not in our plans. Asmir Begovic looked like he'd probably never play for Bournemouth again. Jason Tyndall Decided to bring him back. He's made him the number one. He's given him the opportunity. And he is rewarding him and us. Jace Tindall deserves huge credit for that. Obviously, as does Azmi Begovic. The next player I said, Lewis Cook, has been given the responsibility of the manager to play week in, week out, and to be given a new role that he hasn't played since he's been at the club. And he's flourishing. Another tick for JT, in my opinion. So so for me, I think we should look at that. The two players that have probably been our standouts, I've been given that opportunity in the first place by Jason, and I think he deserves enormous praise for that. Um, it's, his, it's his first proper job, and he's learning on the job as well. And I think he's, I think he's doing really well. I think he's making good changes in games and things like that. And yeah, really happy with him. But in terms of in terms of this game, I'm I'm just going to give him a seven because we went out there, we were hard to beat, and we, we got a decent point, but we didn't do enough going forward to try and win the game. So, um, but yeah, maybe. In hindsight, would he have rotated a few things? Probably, but could I see why he wanted to go unchanged with the with the run we've been on? Yeah, of course I could. So um, I think that's fair. But but yeah, it's uh that's it until till after Christmas now. So this is the that's why I just got out of the tie for you today. <sighs> Comment on the tie, Well, actually, this tie with them Christmas socks, I agree. That's a ten. It's a ten. But yeah, I um well obviously it's Boxing Day and uh, we've had all these new rules about I don't know what tiers they are anymore. It's a difficult time. Um, I think I think it won't be too long until we get, I don't know, tier seven and Boris is coming round and individually tying all our shoelaces together so we can't go out. But um it's a weird time, isn't it? But um I'm pretty sure I can still go boxing day, we'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure that's all right. Um been fortunate enough to, to get lucky in the ballot again, so um yeah i'm looking forward to that I'm really looking forward to that and uh hope you all enjoy enjoy your christmas as i say i've I've really enjoyed doing all these videos and get some more guests on, on that um, afterwards just sometimes you know just get a quick video out there hard to organize but I'll sort it out and i'm sure i'll get some new faces on here as well but yeah really enjoyed it and uh, keep the feedback up as well let me know what you think and that's an interesting one going into Christmas, who's been your kind of standout um up until christmas really do you agree, Lewis Cook or Asmir Begovic? Is there anyone that surprised you um, in a good way? Is there anyone? So, like for me, he's injured at the moment. I think Meps has been very good. I think he's gone under the radar a little bit. I think of late, you can definitely make a point for Jack Simpson. Pleasantly surprised me coming into the team and doing really well. Um, I think Diego's been pretty consistent to be honest, um, but hasn't hasn't been inside of much as late of late. Um, Dom's pleasantly surprised me recently, getting a few more goals, which is really good to see. Obviously Begovic and obviously Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook can't surprise me. To be fair, we know he's got in, got that in him. Um, but yeah, let me know. Everyone's got a verdicts so far, and um, yeah, where 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 you think? Do you think we'll we'll get their more Max spots? Do you think we can do it? I'd, I'd certainly do. I certainly think we're capable. I've just seen actually that Watford have very surprisingly sat their manager after a defeat. That's something like five managers in less than two years. It's. Five managers, fifteen months, something like that. I think I saw was absolute madness, and I, for one, am pleased we're not like that. But um, yeah, listen, they've set the manager again, which they might get a little bit of a what's the word that little kind of bounce that you get from a new manager potentially. So they might be hot on our heels again soon after after dropping off because weirdly, we we feel like we've kind of dropped two points in terms of drawing, but because Watford lost, we've gained a point on them, so it's is a weird one. And like you say, we know what this league's this league's all about so um yeah we just got to keep going ourselves and at the moment we're doing we're doing all right we're getting the job done at the moment and I'm confident boxing day that we'll get the job done against Millwall that's a game we've got to go and win in my opinion and I'm more than positive that we will do so but as I say it's gonna be a tough time hope you can all spend it with as much of your families as possible and as much of you can be there on boxing day as well if you're not I'm sure you'll be you know watching along with TV and all that and and keeping, keeping up with what's going on. But yeah, hope you all have a good Christmas. It's a difficult time, and as I always say, in terms of everyone's mental health, and mental well-being, and things like that, it's, it's really difficult, and it's challenging. It's been a challenging year, and it's not getting any easier at the moment. And uh, always chat me a message on, on Twitter or whatever if you, if you want to chat. If you want to just have a boring chat about football, you know I can do that. I've done it for nearly 25 minutes already on my own. So I'm um, more than capable, even after a nil-nil bore draw. So um yeah, always feel free to chat. Um, a Merry Christmas to you all and look forward to seeing as many of you as I can who have been lucky enough to go on Boxing Day. But keep up the positive vibes. We're second in the league. We are going back up. Trust me. Told you here first. Merry Christmas. Up the cherries.
2: Brilliant, Tom. Tom, thank you very much. There we go. That's it. Back of the Net is done for 2020. Are you going to miss us? No, I didn't think so. So this year, it's been a bit of a mad one for the pod, really. I've got to say, we've sort of gone from strength to strength, really. Started the YouTube channel, what, August 2019. So it's been going about... 14 months, and we've got two, two and a half thousand subscribers. And podcast listens is is always really steady as well. Some of our videos, like on their own, have got sort of over 10,000 views. Well, in fact, one of them's got over 20,000 views. So it's kind of nice to see the subscriber numbers are going up. And that's not the sole driver, really. I mean, it's great to get all the comments and all the involvement, but when you're looking for validation and people who like your content, there are some people who like it. That you know, there are some people that. have the inability to praise uh, not that we want it but their subscription means that and we are absolutely delighted to uh, be cracking on and you know if we reach 5000 on YouTube by the end of the season we'd be we'd be absolutely stunned but as I say it's not about numbers it's just about bringing home and bringing together the AFC Bournemouth story to people that haven't heard it and ones that have and just want to talk about it so from personally Sam Davis I've got to say thank you so much for all your support if you want to financially contribute there are bills to pay i pay about 50 quid a month on this thing plus time that i just don't i don't get paid for um, doing this kind of stuff, so I'm probably going to have to scale it back, really. But if you want to contribute, it's afcbpodcast.com slash coffee. Also, Jeff Hayward as well. He'll, he's another one that will be wanting to thank you for all your support, as with our core YouTube team of Mr Tiggs and also Tom Jordan as well. Really appreciate all your support this year. Fingers crossed Bournemouth can get three wins over the rest of the festive break. We're going to be back on January the 4th and talking all about it stoke's going to be a tough tough fixture we'll see how that goes anyway merry christmas enjoy it with your family if you can and your friends whether it's in person or virtually keep the faith and up the cherries